you ready for the word? Okay, if you're ready, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 4. The book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20. Romans chapter 4 verse 20. Are you there? I read. It says, He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Let's read it again. And he staggered, he's talking about Abraham, and he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with the series I have titled, Unveiling the Mystery of Strong Faith, Part 2. Unveiling the Mystery of Strong Faith, Part 2. Faith is a mystery. Faith is a mystery. That's why the Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 9, it says, holding the mystery of faith in pure conscience. Holding the mystery of faith in what? In pure conscience. Why? Because faith is a mystery. And God never does anything without faith. Everything we see today was done by faith through God. When you read the book of Acts chapter 3, you notice about the man who was sitting at the beautiful gate. And at the beautiful gate, he was there for almost 40 years. He was crippled. And when Peter and John got to the temple, the beautiful gate, the Bible says that they said unto him, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have given I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. At 3.6 And by faith in the name of Jesus, the man was made whole. So that means everything we see today was made and created by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God. So even God couldn't operate without faith. Are you following me? Even God could not operate without faith. That is why this month we are unveiling the mystery of strong faith. And by the grace of God, by the time we finish, your faith will be strong. I said your faith will be strong. Oh, I said your faith will be strong. So the question we want to ask is, what is faith? What is faith? Faith is a spiritual force 
that has the capacity to bring everything in the spiritual realm into manifestation. I'll define it again. Faith is a spiritual force that has the capacity to bring everything, not some things, everything in the spiritual realm into physical manifestations. We saw that in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. It says through faith we understand that the worlds were created or were formed or were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made out of the things which do appear. So faith is a spiritual force that brings whatever is in the spiritual realm into the physical manifestation. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it says, in the beginning God said, let there be light. And what happened? And there was light. When God said, let there be light, there was no light. There was darkness. He created light through faith. So it's important for us to understand what we have at our disposal. It's important for us to understand the power and the force. Lower the monitors a bit. The power and the force we have at our disposal. But let me say this. No matter what faith you have, faith will not work until you put it to work. Anyone who leaves their faith to the responsibility of God is walking in an irresponsible faith. Let me say that again. Anyone who leaves their faith responsibility to God and say God will do it in God's own time. God will bring it to pass. That is walking in an irresponsible faith. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. You have your part to play. God has his part to play. God is a covenant keeping God. He has already played his part. Your part is to do what he says. So it is important for us to understand our responsibility in our walk with God in faith. God wants your faith to be strong. But for that to happen, you have a part to play. So the scripture we read in the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20, the Bible says that Abraham at 100 years old did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. God gave him a promise and that promise was he was going to become a father of many nations. And yet at the age of 100, he has not seen anything yet. But the Bible says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He was strong in what? In faith. He was strong in faith. So being strong in faith is your responsibility. 
every promise that God gives you, unbelief will come for it. Hallelujah. Every word, every promise that God gives you, unbelief will come to test that word. But you have to put yourself in the framework of knowing that I'm not going to allow unbelief to steal the word from me. Hallelujah. So let's look at that scripture in detail. Look at Romans chapter 4 from verse 16. The Bible says that, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of what? Many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So this is how God operates. This is God's operation when it comes to faith. God calls forth those things which be not as though they were. So for instance, if God wants to create a giraffe and he doesn't see a giraffe, what he does is he will call forth a giraffe. Why? Because God calls forth those things which be not as though they were. Are you following me? As though they were. So, for instance, when I see you, I will call you a mighty man of valor. You might feel weak physically, but that is who you are in accordance to God's word. Because God calls those things which be not as though they were. Are you following me? Now, if you don't understand faith, you think that God is lying. At the point when God was calling Abraham the father of many nations, Abraham didn't have a son. But God said, Abraham, in spite of your circumstances, you are a father of many nations. Are you following me? So now, for instance, now you might go to the doctors, you might have done a test, and the test must have, might have come out positive. Whatever test it, it is. And on the doctor's report, it says you have, you have uh, let's just say headache. You have headache. That's what the doctor says. You have headache. Now the report is clear on the paper. You can read it. The report says you have what? Headache. But now, you being a man and a woman of faith, what you have to now do is you must call yourself headache free. Now, the doctor will say you are lying. No. According to God, God calls forth those things which be not as though they were. So, every day when you wake up, look yourself in the mirror and call yourself, I am blessed. I am the righteousness of God. You might be sinning. You might be wallowing in sin. But even in that situation. Call yourself. I am the righteousness of God. Why? Because God called for those things. Which be not as though they were. God calls for those things. Which be not 
as though they were. If you don't understand this, you cannot walk by faith. So somebody will come and visit you and ask, so whose house is this? You say, it's my house. You know you are renting. It's not your house. But remember, faith is having the title deed. They might say, oh, but I know your landlord. Tell them, no, no, you, you, don't, you don't know what you are talking about. So far as I'm, I'm concerned, this is my house. In my son, they say, you are a liar. No, no, faith calleth for those things which be not as what? As though they were. So as you keep confessing, as you keep calling yourself, by the time you realize you will have a house called your own. Let me hear a living amen. Amen. So the Bible says, God calleth those things which be not as though they were, and he quickeneth the dead. He quickens everything that is dead. Verse 18. It says, who against hope believed in hope? This is Abraham. Now why was he against hope? Because now God has told him you're going to be a father of many nations. The Bible says that His body is dead. Sarah's womb is dead. (laughs) Now, 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 God has said, Abraham, I am going to make you a father of many nations at your old age. The Bible says that Abraham's body was dead. So was Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was also dead. But in spite of that, the Bible says that who against hope believed in hope. For your faith to work, you need to have hope. Your faith will not work without hope. Are you following what I'm saying? What is hope? Hope is believing that God will do what he says he will do in the future. Hope is for the future. Faith is for now. Hope is for the future. Faith is for what? Faith is for now. Now, but but for your faith to work, you need to have hope that tomorrow I will become what God says I will become. Are you following me? So once you have hope, hope keeps you alive. Hope keeps you alive. For instance, if you're on the desert and you are thirsty for water and you've been on the desert for a week, for months, struggling, when you have hope, that you are going to get water in a couple of days time that hope keeps you alive that hope keeps you alive and it keeps you moving no matter the circumstances it keeps you moving it keeps you going till you come to the point where you finally have water to drink so it's important to keep your hope alive Because without hope, your faith cannot work. I need you to get this. Without hope, your faith cannot work. Faith is for now. Hope is for the future. But without hope, faith cannot work. It is your hope that keeps your faith alive. Are you following what I'm saying? So the Bible says, who against hope? Against hope means he didn't have hope. His situation was hopeless. Abraham's situation was hopeless. Sarah's situation was hopeless. So the Bible says that whom against hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. 
So against hope, he still believed in hope. The prevailing circumstances says, you have no hope. You have been written off. You have three days to die. You have cancer. You have three months to live. But against hope, he believed in hope. That he was going to become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith. And not being what? Weak in faith. What produces weakness of faith is your level of the word. Your level of the word determines whether your faith will be strong or will be weak. What feeds your faith is the word. No stories. What feeds your faith is what? Is the word of God. Not stories. Not somebody else's stories. What feeds your faith is the word of God. That's why Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Hallelujah. So he not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. That's faith. Faith is being fully persuaded. Verse 21, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform it. That's faith. Being fully persuaded. Persuaded that God is still faithful to lie. God cannot compromise his integrity. Listen, solution. I am fully persuaded that what God says concerning this church, he will do it. I am fully persuaded that God is going to glorify his name in the church. I am fully persuaded. Fully, absolutely persuaded. Why? Because he's able. Please hear me. Faith has unlimited capacity to grow. If you are willing to grow it. Faith has unlimited capacity to grow. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, when we read from verse 11, it talks about the five ministry gift. The Bible says that when Jesus ascended, he gave some apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. He gave these five gifts. The purpose of giving the gift, it says to the perfecting of the saints, to the edifying of the body, so that we all come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. But look at verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 4. I want us to read it together. What did I say? Faith has unlimited capacity to grow. That means your faith cannot be limited. This is where our faith must come to. Look, verse 13. The Bible says that, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Till we all what? Till we all what? Till we all what? 
come to what? The unity of their faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you understand what this scripture is saying? What the Bible is basically saying is that your faith must come to the same level of Jesus Christ. <laughs> your faith must come to the same level of God. In other words, what God is saying is that he wants your faith to come to the same level as God. So you can operate on the same level as God operates. Do you think that is possible? Do you think that is possible? It is possible if you put your faith to work. A time is coming in this month. Some of you will use your faith from here and it will work in other nations. Listen, the only way your faith will work is when you put it to work. Did you hear what I said? The only way your faith will work is when you do what? (laughs) Now, assuming you have a 50 pound note in your wallet, right? You want to give me one, Ian? You want to give me a 50 quid? No. (laughs) I'm just joking. Now, assuming you have 50 pound note in your wallet, that 50 pounds is nothing. How many of you know that? The only time you see the value of that 50 pound note is when you do what? Spend it. Is that right? If you don't spend it, it means nothing. If you don't spend your faith, your faith will mean nothing to you. Faith is a currency that, has, that must be spent. Are you following me? And how do we spend our faith? By using it. Use it on yourself. Is there any situation you are going through? Take that situation and bring it before God. Start exercising your faith on that situation. But if you don't exercise your faith, your faith will not work. Your faith will not work. Now please hear me to experience supernatural results with your faith, it is absolutely important that we must live by these two things. Number one, we must live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, it says the just shall live by his faith. Romans 1.17, it says the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, it says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10 38, it says the just shall live by faith. Four times in the Bible. God says we must live by the same thing. Number two, we must walk by faith. Number one, we must live by faith. Number two, we must walk by faith. Living by faith and walking by faith are two different things. Living by faith is on a daily basis, everything you do is by faith. Walking by faith is now acting on what you believe God says he will do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, it says, For the, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith 
and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's, let's exercise that this morning. Let's say it together. Say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Now say it with conviction. Let it come from your heart. Say it with conviction. Yes, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when you go to the doctors, the doctors have given you a negative report. What do you say? I walk by faith and not by sight. You walk by faith. You walk by faith. You are a faith man. You are a woman of faith. You don't walk by sight. You don't hear the news, the negative news around the world. Minus you. Why? Because you walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Listen, you have to be strong in the Lord before you can build anything strong. We're talking about unveiling the mystery of strong faith. When we talk about unveiling the mystery of strong faith, then it talks about us building something. We want our faith to be strong. And for that to happen, you have to be strong. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says that be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You have to be strong. You have to be what? Strong. You have to be strong. And how do you become strong? By eating the word. If you want to exercise your muscles, where do you go? You go to the gym. Right? If you want your hair done nicely, where do you go? You go to the salon. If you want your car washed, where do you go? Exactly. So if you want to build your faith, where do you go? Yeah, to the word. To the word. Or to the house of the Lord. Where you hear the word of faith. Amen. To build faith, to build strong faith, we must first build a strong foundation. We must first build what? A strong foundation. Please don't be in a rush to show everybody your building. Most of the time, we want everybody to see our building. Oh, look, look at how beautiful my building is. No, don't be in a rush. Take time on the foundation. The foundation, listen, is more important than the building. Let me say that again. The foundation of a building is more important than the building. Without the foundation, there is no building. But what do many boast about? Oh, look at my building. No, your foundation is more important. The Bible says that it took Solomon seven years to lay just the foundation for the house of the Lord. Now, think about your own spiritual work with God. How strong is your foundation? The deception in the church is we think that the fact that someone has been to church for long, it means they are matured. (laughs) You'll be short. Don't be deceived by 
how long someone has been in church. The only way you can see the quality of a tea bag is to put some hot water on that tea bag. That's the only time the tea will taste nice. If you pour cold water on that tea bag, nothing will come out. So the only time you know whether a Christian is strong in their faith is pour hot water on them. Pour hot water on them. Now, I'm not literally saying go and boil kettle and pour hot water on them. That's not what I'm saying. Please now. Don't go and misquote me anyway. And then we close service and then you go to the kitchen and say, I want to test this brother's friend. Let me just turn off the kettle and pour this water on. Please, that's not what I'm saying. I'm speaking in Proverbs. Amen. Now, the Bible says that when Paul was going around preaching the gospel, on one occasion, a serpent hung on to his hand. And the Bible says that Paul shook that serpent into the fire. The only thing that will reveal the serpent in your life or in your various relationships is to put on the fire. Fire reveals the serpent. The fire of God will reveal your faith. Oh, we are getting there. This, this service is going to be awesome. This, this I'm telling you, by the time we finish it, if you still have baby faith, then nobody can help you, not even God. So let's go to the foundation now. Please hear me. You cannot build a strong faith without a strong foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10 to 15, I read. It says, according to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now listen to what Paul is saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. Paul is saying, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Now, the moment you hear the word a builder, what comes into your mind? A building. Right? The moment you hear of a builder, what comes into your mind? A building. We don't think about foundation. The moment you hear a builder, you don't think about foundation. But listen to what Paul is saying. Paul said, as a, mass, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. His emphasis is not on the building, but on the foundation. He said, I have laid the foundation. That word laid there means carefully planned and carefully thought through. He didn't just dig the ground and start a building. There was a plan. He had a plan which has to go according to the foundation he's laying. He said, as a, man, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builder thereupon. And look at the warning. He said, but let every man take heed how he build upon thereupon it. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is already laid, 
which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is our foundation. Jesus Christ is our what? Our foundation. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stable, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by what? By what? By what? By fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So that means what the Bible is saying is that whatever foundation we are laying in the area of faith, it will be tested. It will be tested by what? By fire. If you are laying your foundation with wood, when the fire comes, it will be burned into ashes. That's why when you backslide during times of challenges, that means all these years what you have been building on is wood foundation. You had no foundation. If you leave a church because someone offended you, you had no foundation. If you cannot go to a church because of somebody offended you, then you are in the first place you are not a Christian. <laughs> Oh, we are laying a solid foundation. We are laying a solid foundation. Hallelujah. Our foundation is so important. Do you get offended by your husbands and wives? Of course, you say no because you are not married. (laughs) Why do you say no? You are not married, so how do you know? That's why the married people are saying yes. The married people are saying no. <laughs> Do you go offended by your married husbands and wives? Yes. Mommy doesn't want to say yes now because it looks like that is it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Do you pack your bag and baggage and leave? No. no. You stay. You stay is for life. So if you leave Christ, if you leave the church of Jesus Christ because somebody offended you, then my friend, you are not a Christian in the first place. Don't deceive yourself. You were just, you thought the church was a social gathering. And the church is not a social gathering for information. So question, how do I build strong faith? You want to build strong faith, don't you? How do I build strong faith? Number one, we build strong faith through the word. It's through the word. Number one, it's through the word. Nothing else but through the word. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. It says, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. 
So the word builds us up. The word. East Enders don't build us up. Neighbors don't build us up. Beauty and the Beast don't build us up. Jackie Chan don't build us up. James Bond doesn't build us up. What builds up us up? The word. What builds us up? The word. So if you watch movie eight hours a day and read the word eight seconds a day, you know where your faith is going to end. <laughs> this is so simple, isn't it? If you can watch an Indian movie for four hours, one movie for four hours, you sit down for four hours and watch and watch and watch and don't read the word, then you know what's building your faith. Movies are building your faith. That's why you're frustrated because without the word, nothing happens. Even God needed the word. That's why God said, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. Some of us, after service today, will go home and close our Bible. And say, Bible, I'll see you next week. And the next week, Sunday, we pick our Bible from the shelf and come to church. After we finish, we go home, we put it back. We see, we treat church or our Christian work as a religious, religious, uh, I wanted to use a big word, but I'll calm down. <laughs> that I have to go to church on a Sunday and, that's, and pay my religious vows. No, listen, listen. You are building your faith. This is why in this church, the most valuable, we thank God for the miracles. Miracles are happening in this church. We thank God for all the signs and wonders. We thank God for all the testimonies. But the most important thing is the word. Testimonies will cease, but the word abides forever. Miracles will cease, but the word abides forever. Everything we see today will vanish. The only thing that abides forever is the word. So build your faith with the word. Number two, prayer. We build the foundation, a strong foundation by prayer. Jude one twenty or Jude verse 20. It says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, our faith is holy. It says, building up your faith, Jude verse 20. Jude verse 20. It says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So prayer is key for the building of our faith. Some of us cannot pray two minutes a day. We cannot pray on a daily basis. Now, do you know that simple song? Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. 
Now, some of you are not singing. Did you not go to? So, if you want to go, what, what do you do? If you want to grow, what do you do? You read your Bible and you pray every day. It sounds so simple, but that's the only way. If you want to grow, what do you do? You read your Bible, you pray every day. Number three, the third, the third thing, very important, is fellowship. Fellowship. If you want to build strong faith, number three is fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 23 to 25. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, notwithstanding the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exalting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So the Bible encourages us to fellowship with one another, to be in church on a regular basis. If we have to grow our faith, we have to be in church. We cannot pick and choose. Amen? The Bible says we must not forsake the gathering of the brethren together. Do you know why? Because when we come together, there is so much strength in unity. When we bring our faith together, we are stronger together than we are alone. I watch, I watch the animal kingdom documentaries a lot. And I notice that the only strategy that the lion have to go and catch any big animal is to, when they are together, is to scatter them. And when he scatters them, his strategy is to go after the lonely one. The only one that is alone, that's the one the lion goes after. When they are together, the lion can come. Because even the lion understands that there is strength, there is power in fellowship. So the only way the devil is going to destroy your faith is to isolate you from fellowship and then he can destroy you. If the devil is going to destroy your faith, all he's going to do on Sunday morning, why are you going to church? You know what he's going to preach? He's going to preach on faith. <laughs> That's what the devil, he's going to start discrediting your man of God in your, in your mind. They said, oh, I mean, you've heard, what is, there's nothing new under this. Did I ever say I'm, I'm, I'm inventing something new? <laughs> there's nothing, of course, everything I'm preaching is here, it's so new. There is nothing new. But the devil will discredit your man of God and discredit your association so that he can isolate you and destroy you. Oh, so look at that sister. Oh, look at that brother. Did you not see what she did in town yesterday? You drove past the nightclub and you saw her coming out of the nightclub. Did you know? And she comes to the church and she'll lift up her hands. Yeah, and so what? The church is for sick people. When you go to a hospital, you go, it's a place for what? Sick people. Not, not healthy people. Amen. We are all sick. You are sick. So now, don't magnify somebody's sickness as bigger than yours. You are also sick. Even if it's headache, it's sickness. Somebody has pain in their, 
in their in their back is sickness. You have pain in your teeth is sickness. Somebody have headache. They are all the same. They are sickness. We are all coming to one place to the house of God in fellowship so we can be strengthened together. Don't say, oh, look at her. Oh, look at him. Oh, why is she there? Look at yourself first. Look at yourself first. I've always said the day you see a perfect church and you think you are perfect, don't join it. Because when you join a perfect church, you are imperfect yourself. The day you join that perfect church, that perfect church will become an imperfect church. I've never stood here and said this is a perfect church. You are not perfect. Amen. Are you perfect? Yeah, of course. We accept you the way you are. God accepts you the way you are. He doesn't condemn you. He accepts us the way we are. So we all come together in fellowship. By the time we leave his presence, we are strengthened. That is the purpose of fellowship. That's why we don't come for religious purposes. Number four. Are you getting something out of this? Are you getting something out of this? Okay. Number four is revelation. What is number one? If we are going to build strong faith, what is number one thing we need? The word. word. What is number two? Prayer. Prayer. What is number three? Fellowship. Fellowship. Number four is revelation. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 16 to 19. From verse 13, Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they started saying, some say you are Elijah, some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Not what some say I am. Who do you say I am? Do you know Jesus for yourself? When the devil knocks on your door, will you say, devil in the name of my pastor's Jesus, I bind you. No. It's going to be your own Jesus. That's right. That's right. Devil, I bind you in the name of the pastor's Jesus. The Jesus that my pastor preaches. No. Do you know Jesus for yourself? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Don't talk about somebody's faith. Oh, you know, sometimes you go reaching out to people and they'll say, Oh, my father is a Catholic priest, my mother is a Catholic. I was born a Catholic. No, you are not born a Catholic. Nobody is born anything. We are all born into sin. As for your faith, you have to choose yourself. Nobody was born a Christian. Don't lie. Nobody should say, oh, I was born into a Christian family. No, you are not born a Christian. The Bible says, in sin did my mother conceive me. So in regards to your faith in Christ, it's a personal decision. You have to know Jesus for yourself. Not that Jesus pastor knows. The sons of Sceva, they wanted to cast out a demon. They said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Then the demon spirit said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but you, who are you? <laughs> and the evil spirit wicked them. He wickeded them. That's what the Bible said. He wounded them. And they fled naked. 
you have to know Jesus for yourself. Church, listen to me. A time is coming when our faith will be tested. You have to know Jesus for yourself. You can't do anything with my faith. You need your own faith. When it's lunch time or dinner time, do you ring me? Ring, 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 ring. Pastor, it's dinner time. Please come and eat my dinner for me. Do you do that? No. You eat yourself, don't you? You need your own faith. You need your own faith. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. We'll come back to this scripture. Very important. You need your own faith. Jesus' faith will not work for you. You need your own faith. Matthew 9, 29. Look, the Bible says that, then touch he, this is Jesus, then touch he their eyes, saying, now even Jesus touched their eyes, their eyes were not healed. He touched them and they were not healed. Jesus said, even though I have touched you, the only way you are going to be healed is according to your faith. Not according to my faith, but according to your faith. According to your faith. Jesus touched them, but Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So that means if you don't have faith, nothing will work for you. And hear me? Your level of things is determined by your level of faith. That's why the Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah. So the fourth one, Revelation, Matthew chapter 16, from verse 16 to 19, the Bible says that, Then Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind here on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose here on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So you need these four things as foundation for your faith. Number one, the word. Number two, prayer. Number three, fellowship. Number four, revelation. Revelation of who Jesus is to you. Revelation of Jesus Christ to to you. You have to know Jesus for yourself. Hallelujah. Are you receiving this? Is your faith being built up? Are you seeing the importance of foundation? Without foundation, we can never build strong faith. Our faith in Christ Jesus is so important. Finally, as we get ready to close, today is our supernatural death cancellation service and today we are going to use our faith to cancel every debt. Let me hear a living amen. amen. Today we are going to use our faith to cancel every debt that has ravaged your life. Every debt that seems as a mountain. The Bible says in the book of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, it is not by might, 
neither is it by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And verse 7 says, What is this mountain before Zerubbabel? It shall become as plain. Death is a mountain. I said, Death is a mountain. And every death that has stood before you is coming down today. I said, It's coming down today. I said, It's coming down today. I said, It is coming down today. I said, It's coming down today. Because it is not going to be by might, neither is it going to be by power, but it is going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. I said it's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever mountain of death that is standing before you this morning, I decree it comes down. I decree it comes down. I shout grace upon it. The Bible says in Zechariah 4, 7, it said we'll stand upon the land and shout grace, grace, grace. Therefore, I stand as a high priest, as your shepherd, and I shout grace upon that situation. I shout grace upon that death. I shout grace upon that mountain. It is demolished right now in the name of Jesus. No matter how huge that death is, right now I shout grace. 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 That death is coming down. That death is destroyed today. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Death is a mountain. Death is a heavy load. When you are carrying death, every time you hear a knock, you get heart attack. Every time your phone rings, you get heart attack. Every time somebody sends you a text message, you jump because you think the data is coming. From today, that situation is over. By the spirit of the Lord, I decree that mountain removed. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the name above every name, Death is a name. Therefore, I use the name of Jesus to come against the spirit of death. That is the spirit of death that is destroying and ravaging your family right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So shall it be. I said, so shall it be. I said, so shall it be. In the name of Jesus. In this church, we have had deaths canceled. Many debts have been cancelled. Someone had a debt of 7,500 pounds cancelled. Someone had a huge debt over 50,000 pounds cancelled. Someone had a debt under 1,000 pounds cancelled. The same God who cancelled those debts, he is going to cancel yours. I said the same God who cancelled those debts, he will cancel yours. In the name of Jesus. Listen to me. The prophecy you believe is a prophecy that works for you. Let me say it again. The prophecy you believe is a prophecy that what? Works for you. If you believe it, it will work. If you don't believe it, it will not work. So this morning, by the reason of the anointing, I said that debt is cancelled. I decree that debt cancelled. In the name of Jesus. Somebody is receiving a letter this month declaring you free of that debt. 
Somebody is receiving a letter this month declaring you free of that debt. Somebody is receiving an email this month declaring you free from that debt. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7 when you read from verse 1 the prophet Elisha opened his mouth and said tomorrow about this time a corn of wheat shall be sold for a sickle. At that time there was heavy famine. But the Lord upon whom the king leaned, he said, ah prophet, even if God opened the windows of heaven, this thing shall not be. And the man of God said to him, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Listen, every prophetic word that you despise, you will not eat of it. You will see it happen, but you will not taste it. He said, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. And what happened? The following day, the Bible says that at the same self hour, God used four lepers to bring about an economic shift. Wherever those four lepers are, I release them into your life right now. You see, those four lepers are insignificant people. They are insignificant things. They are people in the corridors of power speaking on your behalf. Right now, somebody somewhere where you are owing that debt is speaking on your behalf. That debt is being written off right now in the name of Jesus. Finally, as we close, 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. You know the story. It talks about the widow whose husband was a prophet and the man left them with a huge debt and the debtors came to take two of their children and then the woman went to Elisha and said help man of God they are about to take our children to pay for the debt the children represents the next generation the husband that was dead represents the present generation the wife who was alive represents Fruitfulness, but there was no one to give a seed. She was ready to be fruitful, but there was no man. The, the seed was taken away. That's the strategy of the devil. He likes to take the seed away so you cannot be fruitful. But from today, your seed will be preserved. I said from today, your seed will be preserved in the name of Jesus. And then the woman came to the man of God and said, help. And I love the question the man of God asked her. What can I do for you? And what do you have in your house? Second Kings chapter 4 verse 2. He said, what can I do for you? And what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Listen, every debt that is ravaging your life, the answer is in your house. The key to pay that debt is in your house. And don't ignore the debtors' letters. I'm preaching now. 
Some of you, when the letters come, you don't open it. You have to open it. You have to confront it. What you can't confront, you cannot conquer. And you know those letters. You know those death letters. When they come, you know this one is demanding money. So, so you don't open them. But you have to open it. Amen. You have to open it. And some of them, you have to do a deal with them. Tell them, if it's a thousand pounds, I can't pay a thousand. I have 50 pounds. I pay 50 pounds so you can write this debt off. And they'll do it. You have to negotiate with your debtors. The man of God said to the woman, now, the woman said, I have nothing save a jar of oil. The jar of oil represents the anointing. It represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and death cannot dwell in one place. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? So it's so important that you understand what you have. What you have has the value to pay off that debt. It has the power to clear off that debt. So I love what the woman did. The man of God said to her, go borrow empty vessels from your neighbors. Listen to the instructions. The man of God didn't say go and borrow more money. He said go and borrow empty vessels. It is not wisdom to go and borrow money to pay off your debts. It is not wisdom. Somebody will say, oh, why don't you combine all your debt and borrow money and clear? That's not wisdom. You don't borrow money to pay off debt. That is creating more debt. Are you following me? So the man of God said to her, go and borrow what? Empty vessels. The empty vessels there represent ideas. Ideas. As you're in church right now, as I'm teaching, God is giving you an idea. How to go about and deal with that debt. So God gave them ideas. And the woman obeyed. She went, borrowed empty vessels from all her neighbors. Now, borrowing empty vessels from your neighbors also means having a good relationship with your neighbors. If you have no good relationship with them, you can't go and borrow empty vessels. Are you following me? So have good relationship with your debtors. Even if you don't have the money, call them. Write them a letter. Tell them, I don't have it. Please write this debt off. Listen, engage the power of negotiation. When you ask, there are only two answers that you can get. Yes or no. Whichever, it's an advantage to you. Are you following me? So she, she went and borrowed empty vessels and the next thing she went, the man of God said, go to your room, close your door, pour the oil into the empty vessels, you and your two sons. So that means there are some people that are not supposed to be in your close circle when it comes to death. You and your two sons. Go to your room, shut the door behind you so people who see it don't laugh at you. Because they don't understand what is happening. Are you following me? Now, some people will be laughing at us and say, how can, how can God cancel death? Well, you haven't seen it before. I've seen it many times. They say, oh, he's teaching the people irresponsibility. No, I'm not teaching irresponsibility. Like I've always said, any faith that leaves God absolutely responsible is an irresponsible faith. 
And what happened? The next thing, she poured the vessels. The vessels were full. And he, she came back to the man of God. And the man of God said, go and sell. Pay off your debts. And leave on the rest with you and your sons. Now listen. There are some people who generically don't like paying debts. They like to borrow, but they don't like to pay. If you don't like to pay, don't borrow. <laughs> if you know that you have been wired not to pay, then don't borrow. Don't go and borrow money from anyone. Amen? I'm preaching very good message this morning. Don't borrow money. Now, if you don't know, if, even if you know that there is nothing you can do, just tell the person, you know, I have this problem with not paying back when I, when I, <laughs> when I, be honest, be upfront, be honest. Be honest. This is why, I mean, there's one thing about me. Every time I, borrow people money or I loan money to people, they don't pay back. So I notice that as for me, no matter what happens, I give people money, they don't, so I stop. <laughs> because I'm too nice. Are you following me? I stop giving people money on loan. I just say, oh, you want money, I'll give you free. You don't have to pay. I've never knocked on anybody who owes me before. Never. Because they can't pay. So that's how I am wired for. Now, because I don't want to be offended, I don't want to loan you the money. So, our relationship is good. We have a good relationship. You understand? Very important. And finally, the Bible says that the woman paid off her debt. She lived free, her and her children. The same God who did it for her will do it for you. In the name of Jesus. I say he'll do it for you in the name of Jesus. Did you receive it this morning? I think we can give Jesus a better praise. Jesus deserves a better praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Now, I want you to target in your mind that debt. You know it. You know how much it is. Now, if you don't know how much your debt is, then that means you're in serious trouble. You need to live here today and collate all your debts and put it in perspective how much you owe. Amen? Don't say, Pastor, if I put them together, I'll get heart attack. No, you won't get heart attack. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will not get heart attack. Amen? Amen. I say you will not get heart attack. Amen? So you need to go home today, put them all together, and now start speaking to them. Do your part, call the debtors, do your part, pay the little you can, believe God for the rest. I believe in supernatural debt cancellation. It has happened many times, and today it will happen again. Amen. I said today it will happen again. Amen. So for the next one minute, we are only going to pray for one minute. You are going to hold on to that mountain and demolish it right now Amen. with anger in your spirit with violence in your spirit why don't you open your mouth now and begin to pray pray in the spirit pray against that debt 
Destroy that death. Destroy that mountain. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. He's done it before, he'll do it again. That debt is coming down. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things, not some things, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. All things, all things, all things. Destroy that debt. The Bible says that good man lives an inheritance for his children's children. You will never leave a debt for your children. You will never leave a debt for your children. That debt is destroyed. That debt is destroyed. That debt is destroyed. That debt is destroyed. We shout grace, 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 grace upon that situation. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the reason of the anointing, which removes every burden and destroys every yoke. Death is a burden. Death is a yoke. Therefore, by the anointing in the name of Jesus Christ, every debt is destroyed today. Let me hear your loudest amen. Amen. Every debt is destroyed right now. Every mountain of debt ravaging your children, they are destroyed right now. Every mountain of debt destroying families, they are removed right now. Every financial stress in any family in this church, they are destroyed right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be. Before the end of this month, they will receive testimonies of death cancellation. Thank you for giving them testimonies of death cancellation. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Give God praise. Hallelujah. It is done. Come on, rejoice. It is done. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah.